Let's open up in prayer. Father, oh Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful privilege that I have of being a mouthpiece, Lord, of being a servant to preach your word to your precious, precious children. What an honor, what a privilege, but I'll never forget what a massive responsibility that this is. So I humble myself before your almighty God. I bind all pride, Lord. I clothe myself with humility. I bind pride. I bind self-promotion, self-agenda. I bind self, Lord. Lord, I become less. Please become more. Preach your word, Lord. Your word, not my own. I remember to give you all the glory, all the honor for everything accomplished in Jesus' mighty name. And I bind anything that would try and hinder, restrain, distract, disturb your word going out to your children today. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree, say amen. amen. And I say this with the hearts of faith. So I declare that my spiritual ears are open. My heart is receptive to receive only that which you, Holy Spirit, are saying to me today. And I say this, so Holy Spirit, please speak to me. I am listening. Amen. So family, we're in part three of the DNA of faith. Very, very, very important foundational message. And um, as we've discussed in the last messages, that people do not know faith. They do not understand faith. Many of us here do not even have a true revelation because faith can go deep. I'm going to take you guys deep in the coming weeks. I'm going to share revelations with you that's even going to um, bless the learned of, us, of, of most of us because it's, it's a very deep subject. And um, we're still on a, on, a, on a foundation. We're still building on a foundation. It's, it's easy to, for me to say, you know, you just speak to this mountain and you just believe that. And you just, listen, I'm just deceiving you. It's all just a deception because you're not being taught properly. Amen? So I'm, we're really trusting in the Holy Spirit and, and He's teaching me in this. I tell you, there's been some incredible things. But... It's very important that you, you, you go through the first and the second so that you can learn. Because the Bible says, without faith, let no man think he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen, if you don't have faith, if you don't know exactly what faith is, faith is not hope. It's not just belief. No, faith is substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You see, now that takes it in a whole different thing, you know. Because we say we got faith, but, but do we? What is faith? Tell me. You see, so we need to learn this. So today, in building the foundation of faith, I really need you to get a revelation of who... God is. Who is God? And what is his, 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 his persona? You know, because 
the scripture says that, that we are heirs of God, right? And co-heirs of Christ. That's what the scripture says. We studied that, right? In, the, in the, the fall of mankind, there was a separation between God and man, the family of God and man. So God came as man to reconcile back to God, back into the family of God. Amen. And as soon as we got into the family of God, guess what? We are heirs. That's what the scripture said. We are heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. Wow. And that's so cool. I can preach it and we can all be like, whoa, everything that belongs to Jesus and God is mine. And like, like, really? Do you believe that? Do you understand that there's a kind of a fake faith? Amen. It's a kind of a superficial, fake kind of a faith. Like, how far are you willing to take that, that you're an heir of God? You know, you're like, oh, like, that's cool, Pastor. Nice message. But, like, do you believe that? How, how far are you willing to go in your faith with God? Amen? You see, the thing is, We know you can only receive anything from God in faith. But the, the limitation, if faith is the limit, the limit of your breakthrough and the limit of whatever it is that you can get from God is really based upon your faith limit, right? So if you see God in a certain way and you have a certain belief in, in how to approach God and what to ask from God, then that's all you're going to get. Do you understand? So today, I, I want to, to give you, a, through, the, through the, the Spirit of God, just a revelation, who He is and, and, and what can you believe God for? I mean, if you're an heir of God, what can you believe Him for? Just your needs and just enough to get by? Maybe can you trust him for once? Oh, you see, already now a couple of religious brains are going, uh, hang on a second now. What about your desires? Oh, no, Pastor, now you've gone way off now. You, uh, you've missed it. No, you've missed it. You've missed it. You, your religious brain needs some washing. Let me do that with the word of God today. Amen. So the scripture says this in Hebrews 11 verse 6, the New King James Version, and we studied this. It says, but without faith, say faith. It is impossible to please him. What? Wow. Right there, now, that's, 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 a, that's a profound scripture. You know, if, if, if so many of us think we, we, we know faith and we don't really, and without faith it's impossible to please God, I mean, that should concern us. We should really want to know what faith is to please God, right? And as profound as that scripture is, if you read it and you get a revelation of it, what is even more profound is the second part of that scripture. We read it in, in its totality now, Hebrews 11, verse 6, the New King James Version. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
For he, now explaining this important faith, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. Must believe that he is what? He is a rewarder of those, say those, who diligently seek him. You see, whenever we approach God in faith, because that's what that word comes to. When you come to God, when you approach God from, in faith, when you approach him in prayer, when you approach him in worship, in fellowship, or in study, you have to believe in the personality and the persona of God that he is a rewarder of those who are diligently seeking him. And you know that word rewards? That word rewards in the, in, in the Greek means to remunerate as in paying wages. That's the translation. No, he will reward you spiritually, Pastor Carl. Spiritual rewards. You don't need physical rewards in this world. You just need to be super spiritual, right? Hmm? Hang with me. You're going to learn some things this morning. Amen? Now, what is so amazing to me, and you know, sometimes you can just see the heart of God sometimes. In certain scriptures. And, and in this, when he's saying, listen, it's impossible to please God without faith. You must come to him and see him how huh, as a rewarder. I mean, God could have said, you've got to see him as almighty God on the throne. You've got to see him as the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And he has all of these things. You've got to see him as all of this. But God says, no, you have to see me as a rewarder. Amen? That impression of that heart. God is concerned about how you have relationship with him and how you perceive him. Amen? He's like, yeah, all that super spiritual stuff, it's really good. But, 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 but there's more to this. Amen? Matthew 7 verse, is it 7 verse 1 or 7 verse 11? I don't know if there's an error there. I'm not sure. In the King James Version. It says, if you then, tell your neighbor, he's speaking about you. Being evil. Oops. <laughs> can take that back. So tell your neighbor, sorry. Yammer. Just the pastor. So if you then, being evil, know how. You know how to give good gifts. Say good gifts. Unto your children. How much more? Say much more. So your, shall your Father who is in, in heaven give good things. Say good things. To them that ask him. Okay. Wow. This is so, so, so cool. I love 
how the, the Lord uses the, um, the natural um, things that he's instituted to give us an idea of his heart. Because, you know, he calls us the bride, you know, and, and, and the, the, the marriage supper, and he's the bridegroom. He instituted marriage, Adam and Eve, first marriage ever. He institutes this is this is this is the heart of God, and in the in the same way he's saying you know what you, you can look at the best father. And the best father, natural father on this earth, who knows how to give good gifts, good things to his children. And if you see that natural father, he said, listen. I, I, insti- that's, I instituted that, and I am a thousand times more giving and more loving than, than, than he is. Do you understand that? You see, 1 John 4 verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Love that anybody and anybody experiences is of God. It's not something that we have manufactured. It is actually the personality of God. God is love. Amen? So when you see the heart of a father who loves his children, this is not talking about any other father. This is talking about a good father that loves his children, that knows how to give good gifts to his children. That's the heart of God. That is how you have to understand and perceive God. Amen? Are you with me? You see, you have to get a revelation of this family. You can only receive from anyone within the boundaries of the revelation that you have of that person. Do you understand? And if you cannot get a revelation of God as this father who loves you as a child, and, and you, 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 you approach him from that perspective like, Daddy, you love me, I'm your child. You, 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 like a natural father wants to give me good gifts, you want to give me good gifts. And unless you can approach God with that heart, you'll never experience the good gifts. Because you can only receive through faith. They're not just going to drop on you. So you have to have faith in this loving father figure who loves to give good gifts and good things to those who ask. Amen. Very important, family. So important. We see from Scripture... There was a, a, an instance where Jesus saw a fig tree in the distance. The fig tree had leaves, and they went to the fig tree. There was no fruit on it. That's like a normal thing, right? So Jesus speaks to this tree, Mark 11, verse 14, King James Version. No man eat fruit, uh, fruit from thee hereafter forever. He speaks to the tree. And that, I mean, that's not like, like a spiritual thing or 
Or like a, like a ministry thing, right? Speaking to a tree. Amen? And then the following day, they, they came past and uh, they walked past this tree and, and Peter sees this tree and, and this tree is like withered. This tree's dead. Completely died. And Peter points this out to Jesus and Jesus responds to him in Mark 11 verse 23 in the King James Version. He says, Peter, have faith in God. For verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what mountain they're talking about? The Mount of Olives. They were standing on the Mount of Olives. So he said, listen, see that tree there? The faith of God, never mind that tree, even this mountain. If you, whoever says unto this mountain, mountain be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that things which they saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever, he says. Say whatsoever. Therefore, now the conclusion. Therefore, now I'm telling you this, Peter, listen. You saw a tree. Now you've seen a mountain. Now listen to me, Peter. Therefore, I'm telling you what things soever you need. Desire? Is that what the scripture says? Wow. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Is Jesus saying here that we can ask for anything, even our desires? Is that what the Bible's saying? Or do you want to try and twist it and turn it and say, No, Pastor Carl, um, that is actually talking purely about spiritual things. What does a tree and a mountain got to do with spiritual things? Tell me, what has it got to do? No, it's only if you desire to feed the poor, you desire to start a ministry. Jesus spoke to a tree, and he's saying, listen, the tree, the mountain, anything in between, anything in between you desire, if you have faith. See, now that's important. Because that's not just everything you want. You have to have faith first. There's, there's, there's a whole other teaching on that. So don't just go all wonky and think you can do whatever you want. There's, there's, there's a key there. I have to teach you that. Very important key. Because these things can get totally messed up. And you want to believe for things that you have no faith for. Because faith is not just what you believe and hope and think. It's something very specific. So hold your horses. Because lots of teachings go way off on this amen because then you ask yourself now so if he says things that you desire now, now hang on a second now okay well how many real people are here today it's real people you keep it real okay you're not not super spiritual you're real amen so was jesus saying that i mean we could Maybe ask for a nice new pair of shoes, maybe. 
you know, I mean, and so now you need new tackies now. And all you can afford is to maybe go to Mr. Price and, and get some no-name brand tackies that look like a brand. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, amen, why not? Been there, done that, you know? I mean, how many of you would, like, desire the, you know, like, you see the new Nike Airs there? Oh, man, that's all good. You know? Or are you too super spiritual? No, no, I'm not materialistic, Pastor Carl. No, you're just a zombie. Amen? Are we real with each other? Wouldn't you, I mean, you, you, wouldn't you like that, that nice, I mean, the ladies, you know, or you need a new handbag and you go and you, you're going shopping and you, and, and you get the bag and you see that nice guest handbag there and you think, I mean, are you allowed to desire these things? You know? Are we real with each other, yo? Amen? Am I the only one that likes, like, Nice things, you know. You see, family, you have to never forget something. Matthew 9, verse 29 in the NRV. According to your faith, be it done to you. Amen. Be according to your faith, be it unto you. Family, God doesn't mind you getting nice things. As long as the things don't have you. Okay? You see, maybe I should show you these. You like these? Nice feeler tackies. You know where I got these? I asked my daddy. You think I'm joking? I promise you. I believe in my father that gives me good gifts. And listen, family, I'm a godly man. I tithe on everything, I sow, I give, I fast, I pray, I live a holy life. God knows that the things will never have me. You see, I've been through tests. I've been through tests where I've had everything and I loved God. Then I've been through the test where I lost everything. I still loved God. And now I'm, I'm in a different kind of a relationship with God where, where the things do not become idolatrous for me. Where, where, where the things do not uh, uh, distract me from God, but the things draw me closer to God. Because every time I see these shoes, I'm like, Lord, thank you for my shoes. They're so awesome, Lord. They look so cool. Don't you think? And I, I'm in this, I'm in this, because he's a good, he loves to give, give good gifts. It blesses him. You know, we, we, when the Lord blesses me and I, and I, and I go and I'm, I'm able to buy like my daughters, like nice tackies and that. And we're not materialistic. We're human. Amen. And they say, thank you. I said, thank you, Father. And it brings me to tears. And when I see them, I, I like, Father, you're so good. I love you so much. Your good gifts just blow me away. And every time I see a good thing that he does, these are testaments of this good father. And this relationship of understanding the good father, it just brings me closer to him. And I say, Father, I could lose everything. Everything but you I could never lose. And the devil has twisted it so much. 
And he's got you to this point where, where, where if you, you think it's ungodly to, to, to be blessed by this father who loves to give you good gifts, family. But you need to get a revelation of this. Amen. He's a good father. Amen. Praise Jesus. He's a good father. James 1 verse 1 in the NRV. Don't be deceived. You see, many people are deceived. So many people are deceived. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good, perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. And he does not change. He's not like a shifting shadow. Listen, God's not schizophrenic, man. He's good. Every good thing comes from him. He doesn't change his mind. Listen, the bad things are not from God, family. They're not from God. He is a good God. He is a good, loving Father that wants to lavish His children with good gifts. Ephesians 3 verse 20 in the Amplified, Now to Him, God, who is able to just kind of keep you humble, get you by, keep you on your knees, so what my word says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose. Say his purpose. God's purpose. What is his purpose? To do super abundantly more. Oh, hang on a second. Whoa. No, 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 no. This is against the religious mindset. All right? You're not allowed to have more. Right? That's what they're saying. You can't have more. You're super abundantly more. Then all, listen, you can dare ask. Or even what you can think. Listen, infinitely beyond your greatest prayers. Is your greatest prayer, Lord, just let me get through this month. Is that your greatest prayer? Is that what he's talking about? Or your hopes. And your dreams, my dream is to just have enough money to make ends meet this month end. Is this what God's talking about? I don't think so. Amen. Amen. God wants to do so much more for you. He wants to blow your mind through his goodness and this relationship with you. I've got such an amazing relationship with him. We ask him for everything. Listen, everything. I want plants in my garden. Lord, I, I, I ask him for money for plants. We want to go away. I, I, whatever. He's the good father. And everything, because he's giving it to me, I, it just blows my mind and our relationship gets stronger because it's, it's, everything is so much more meaningful. Amen. Amen. John 16, verse 23, the New King James Version. And in that day you will ask me nothing, most assuredly. Wow. Jesus says most assuredly. I think you can be assured of this, right? Most assured. I say to you, whatever. Say whatever. You ask the Father in my name. He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you receive that your joy may be full. Okay. 
Let's look at that for a moment. So he wants you to have full joy. Amen. He wants to give you anything, whatever you ask for, he wants to give it to you so that you can have full joy. Amen. The good father that gives good gifts wants you to have full joy. Now, I'm a spiritual man and and, and I don't know, maybe call me um, wrong or mixed up, but uh, um, I mean, I have the joy of the Lord. It's my strength and I, I rejoice always. I've rejoiced through the toughest times in my life. I've always been grateful and thankful for everything that I have. And I always have this, this strength of this joy in the Lord. But I'll tell you what, uh, uh, come month end, when um, the, 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 all the, the bowls are full and the wallet's kind of on uh, empty, my joy is not full. When I'm not spiritual, like you guys. Amen. Do you think the Lord wants us to be joyful? Because I can tell you what, month end, whenever that paycheck's in, hey, joy goes up. Amen? Look, I've, I've been in times where I've lost everything. And I've been in times where I've walked through a mall. And it's, it's January and everything's on sale and everything is half and quarter. And, and I walked through there and I could not afford anything. And I love the Lord, and the Lord is good, and I appreciate Him so much. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But I was not joyful, man. You know? It wasn't nice. Then there's been times where the Lord's blessed me. Blessed me, and we've been able to go and take my family and say, Hey, listen, Daddy's blessed us. We're able to bless people always. That's my heart. I tithe and I bless. Many, many people of you know that. Bless people, giving away cars, giving away luxury cars, just be a blessing. And then there's been times where, where, where I've said, said to my, my, my family, I said, Daddy's blessed us. We're going to go, whatever you want, babies, you got. Whatever you want, you want whatever you need. And, 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 and I, we come out of there, and on the way there, we thank God. For his good gifts, we come out and, and the kids know and they thank God and we're just so joyful and, and, and that's full joy. Amen. That's the kind of joy that I want as well. Or do you want to have the, that other joy? Choose. Amen. Are you learning something here? <laughs> All the new people are like, what the? heck is this guy on about? And all the people of faith are like, give me more. Give me more. Amen? Amen. Give me more. Wash me. Wash me with the word. Teach me. Praise Jesus. Because you know, the thing is, um, so many super spiritual people will say, well, no, Pastor Cole, you know what? You're kind of off track. We can't ask for nice clothes or nice things. We must be like Jesus. Jesus was poor. Jesus didn't wear fancy clothes. Really? Wrong, wrong, wrong again. Jesus did not wear rags. He dressed like a king. Amen, because he is a king. John 19 verse 23, NRV, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, 
They took his clothes, bloody, sweaty, dirty clothes. They threw it away like they did with all the others. No. They divided them into four shares. Why? Because, listen, I wanted it. No, no, no. I wanted it. No, no, no. I wanted it. No, hang on a second now, guys. Calm down a second here now. We'll divide it equally amongst ourselves. With the undergarment, the underclothes, you don't even see that, the, under, the underpants. Only a few people wear like branded underwear. Amen? <laughs> that means they're branded everywhere else and they can't brand anywhere else. So guess what? Branded underwear. I mean, you with me? We know who we're talking about. Amen? They like made it, right? And this... This undergarment, this garment was seamless. Whoa. Woven in one piece, tailor-made. Not a single stitch, not a single joining. This garment was woven to fit Jesus Christ. Do you have any idea how much that thing cost? Do you know only royalty could afford that? Now, if his undergarment was seamless, and they, they actually had to throw lots to, to try and see who got it, what did the other clothes look like that it was so bloody and dirty and messy that they all wanted a piece of it? Amen. Oh, there's so much I could tell you. So much, uh, Jesus was not there. We'll leave that for another time. But there's so much that I could tell you. Amen. So now let's just have a look at this poor, humble Jesus, who we must be like, who walked the earth. Poor Jesus. Can't have the good things in life. Can't have more than enough. You, you be like Jesus. Well, we know his first miracle. He turned water into wine. We all know that. Amen. But now, do you know wine was, as it is today, and even more so then, very, very valuable. The things that we take for granted, like perfume and olive oil and, and, and wine and things like that, that was very, very, very valuable in those days. Amen. The scripture says that Jesus instructed the servants to fill six of the ceremonial cleaning jars to the brim with water. Each jar carried a hundred liters. Then he told the servant to take some of it in a cup, go give it to the master of ceremonies. And the master of ceremonies tastes it. He says this in John 2 verse 10, the NIV. And he said, everyone brings out the choice wine. Say choice wine. First, and then the cheaper wine. Say cheaper wine. After the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best. Say best. Till now. Okay, so this was not cheap. Amen. This was the best wine. 
And so I've done a little bit of investigations and had a look at, at what does the best wine cost these days per liter. And that ranges anywhere between 2,000 to 5,000 to even like 10,000 and 20,000. Am, am I telling the truth? I don't know. The only wine I know is the one you cook with, and that's, not, that's the cheap wine. <laughs> Amen. So if we, if we work conservatively on the 2,000, the lower range, do you know that that was valued at 1.2 million or more, conservatively? If we went on the, on the little bit higher range of the 5,000 per liter, we're looking at 3 million. Amen. How's that for a wedding gift? I mean, we, we, we're, we're like happy if someone gives us like a thousand rand wedding gift. Can you imagine a hundred thousand wedding gift? Or a two hundred thousand wedding gift? Or a five hundred thousand? How about a one point two million? How about a three million? And who knows what it is? Because they, that, that was an asset. They didn't throw it all away. Amen? That sounds like a super abundantly more than we can think or dare ask God to me. It sounds like a lavish kind of a Jesus. Is that the poor old Jesus? Well, if we must follow his example, I'm in. Amen. How many of you are in? Let's see if we, 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 can, we can take this a little bit deeper. You know where he fed the multitudes with five loaves of bread and a few fish? You know that story? We fed the multitudes. Well, he prayed and he blessed it and... Then he said, you know what, okay, now go and ration it. You know, make sure that, that, that one person gets the tail and you give the left gill to, the, to that person and the right gill to that person and, and you guys better ration this uh, 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 a meal. Is that what he done? Matthew 14, verse 20. They, few of them ate. There wasn't enough for the kids. Just, just the dads ate. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Say superabundant. Say overflow. Amen. This was eat all you can. And after you've eaten as much as you can, there's even a whole lot more left. Is this poor old Jesus? Amen. Are we starting to get a different picture? Amen. Are you? What about when Jesus used uh, Peter's boat? Remember, um, he went in Peter's boat and he went out a little bit and he preached over uh, the waters. To all of the people, and then he came in, and then he said to Peter, "Peter, go out, cast your nets out, and um, to to because he's a rewarder, right? He's a he's a rewarder. That's what the word says. Spiritually, he blessed Peter spiritually. Peter, thank you, bless you, son, spirit, spiritually. Is that what he done? No. Went out. The scripture says, Luke five verse six." The New King James Version. And when they had done this, 
They caught a few fish, great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they filled, say filled, both boats so that they began to sink. Now, as I was researching this, there are these, these scientists who um, calculated how much this was. And there is this boat that they have. It's called the Jesus Boat in a museum in Israel. And so they took this boat and they took the complete dimensions of this boat, everything. They calculated the volume, the buoyancy. They went and calculated the, the wages, how much were people getting paid in those days. They calculated how much the fish uh, uh, were worth. They calculated everything. And then they used this to calculate how many fish, what weights of fish was in these boats that filled these boats so much that these boats began to sink. You know what the conclusion was? They concluded that the monetary value of those fish was so much that Peter and all of his partners could, at that point in time, retire for the rest of their lives. Go research if you don't believe me. Is this the poor? Listen, that's Jesus. I'm in. Tell your neighbor, I'm in. <clears throat> you, you, you know what? If that's your faith, have it. Me, I want all that my Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. Amen. Amen. Are your brains getting a little bit washed, family? Praise Jesus. And then again, after Jesus died and um, And he appeared to some of the disciples. Simon Peter was out fishing again. He's a fisherman. How many fishermen do we have here? One. Okay, we, if you will hook up, eh? If you're a fisherman, you're, he loves fishing. I mean, even to, to, to go get taxes, they listen, let me go fish. You know? <laughs> he was a fisherman. And so they're fishing, and then uh, uh, they fished all night. And early in the morning... We read in John 21, verse 5, a man appeared on the, on the shore as the sun's coming up. He says to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Jesus is so cool, eh? <laughs> hey? His personality is amazing. Obviously, he knows they didn't. No, they answered. He said, hey, throw your net on the right side of the boat. You've been fishing on the left side all night. I mean, it's like the, kind of like the same thing. I mean, it, you know, I, 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 as a fisherman, it doesn't really make much difference. Throw the net on the other side. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because the large number of fish. What do you think they've done with that fish? Oh, that's so cool. Catch and release. Amen. Do we understand that this is like financial blessings? Amen. 
I mean, he'd already uh, given him a blessing for the rest of his life and all of his businesses. That they could have sold everything and, and been wealthy. And, and if that's not enough, what, did Jesus say, no, you guys keep humble. They caught four fish, one for each person. He's a lavish, amazing, wonderful father that loves you and wants to give you good gifts, family. But according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. And Jesus is so amazing. They came to shore. He had a briar going there. Amen. He had a charcoal briar going there. He said, come bring your, bring your blessings. I, mean, I want to enjoy your blessings with you. You know? And I can just imagine how like any good father enjoyed to see like a, just amazement on their faces, you know, getting so blessed. And that was their livelihood, you know. I can just imagine that joy like any father, you know, has when he blesses his children. Amen. Are you getting something, family? He loves you so, so, so much, family. You are so valuable to him. That he gave his life for you. And if you were the only person on this planet, he would do it again for you. I promise you, it's the truth. I know this through revelation. And the value of Christ is, is, is everything. The Bible says everything was created through him. Everything. The seen, the unseen. And he holds everything together. He is the most valuable. And that is the price that he used as a ransom for you. You wouldn't pay 10 million rand for something that's only worth 10 rand. Do you understand that? You wouldn't pay something, a thousand rand that's worth 10 rand. You buy something for its worth. You are worth everything to him. Everything. He gave up everything for you. If you were the only person on this planet, he would do that for you. This is the love that he has for you. This is the father. This is the kind of relationship that you can have with him. As long as you're a son of God. As long as, listen, if I've got more, if I've got less, it don't matter. I love you, Jesus. And the more you give me, the more I love you. Amen. Romans 8 verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not? Listen, if he gave Jesus, that is worth so much. If this is what he's done for you, when you were a sinner, man, when you were so far gone, when you were so messed up, you didn't even know the Lord. And even through that, he loved you so much that he gave his very best for you. If he's given you so much, how much more will he not give you than our shoes? Amen? Or the nice bag? Or take care of you? Amen? Family, as long as the things never become idolatrous, never. Let it never become adulterous. We see it. It's actually so sad. People come. They're broken. They're lost. Pray for them. You lead them to the Lord. 
they start applying faith, things start working out, start getting blessed, then all of a sudden the blessing becomes the curse. Now, where were you? At church, no, sorry, I'm too busy at church. You know, what, what happens? No, sorry, too busy, too busy, too busy, too busy. Then you do see them again. But that's when their life's broken again. Amen? Did you get something today, family? Yeah. Praise Jesus. Isn't the word amazing? I'm just going to hand over to Pastor Hine to close. I have to be off. And uh, love you guys sincerely. And uh, see you guys again real soon. Bless you. On in three, two, one, go. Okay, we'll do that again. The handout will be on in three, two, let's receive it. Yeah, it's switched on. Handout. You got it, Chad? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> this one? Does it come through? This one? Not. Okay, family, we'll... Uh, this one? Here comes the Afrikaans. I'll summon you this one. Family, did you enjoy that message? Did it bless your heart? It's amazing what God can do for us. And one thing that, is, uh, that He wants to do for you right now in this moment, and we always create this this moment because I think it's it's one of those things that you know even if you if you know God your whole life even if you have given your heart and your whole life to God you know we get the chance to do it every single day and every moment and if you haven't given your heart today or to to God previously you get to to have that chance today and family, we're going to go into a moment where you know, I'm just going to pray for you. And, and I just want you to respond. You know, this is very simple. We'll, we'll qu quickly do the scriptures just in regarding the, the salvation call. And in John 3, or, yeah, John 3, 1, 2, 3, it says, And luckily my glasses are good enough for me to read there. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Now, Nicodemus, in essence, was the church. He, he was the guy that everyone went to, to go to, to understand scripture. You know, he, he was the rabbi that everyone went to, to ask if, you know, what does the scripture mean? He was the one that I called to go and deliver Mary Magdalene. So he was a, a, a powerful man in, in the natural and being a Pharisee and being a part of the ruling council. And, and he himself did not know what Jesus meant 
by you have to be born again. And so he asked Jesus, do I have to crawl back up into my mother's womb? I mean, that doesn't make sense. No. This birth that we are talking about, this life that we lay down to and, and we get to receive, is, it's a spiritual life. And in Romans 10 verse 9 it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So family, there's no, no strings attached to this. This is simply a call from God right now to you to just declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that He will come to save you. No matter where you are, no matter where you found, find yourself to be in this moment, the call from God right now is exactly this. And if we can get a bit of background music on If you believe in your heart, family, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And now, you might ask, how, how do we do this? How, how do I declare with my mouth? It's simple, family. God wants you to acknowledge Him before men, or He will not acknowledge you before the Father. And so that's why the word says we have to declare with our mouths. And you know, when you are done, you might ask, okay, but is this it? Is this it? Is this the feeling that I'm supposed to feel? Heaven, I want to tell you, it's, it's not a feeling. It's a knowing. Very big difference. There's a very big difference in feeling God and knowing Him. And it says in Romans 8 verse 16, The Spirit Himself will testify with our spirit that we are children. Isn't that wonderful? The same way that Pastor Carl just taught, you know, Jesus having a bride with His disciples. You know, that is what Jesus wants for you. That is what God wants for us. He wants to bless your socks off. And so family, if you want to give your life to God right now, I just want you to close your eyes. And as I pray, family, I want you to just repeat the words just in your heart. I do. I do. I do, I do, I do. Father, we come to you right now. With unveiled faces. We put our whole lives right in front of the cross. We put all our worries, all our fears... All our shame, all our hurts, all our doubts, we put right now in front of the cross. Father, and we want you to take it right now. 
Fathers, we cannot bear the weight of this world without you. And so, Father, our call today is that we will step into relationship with you and be called a son and a daughter of the almighty God Father and today we just say I do we just say I do for your love we just say I do for a marriage with you we just say I do for all your blessings we say I do for your freedom, for the peace. Father, we say I do for the authority and for the power of your name. And Father, right now we want to say we want all of you. Father, and we accept you as our Lord, as our Father, and as our Savior. And Father, right now, we just declare with our mouths that you are our God. And you have raised Jesus up from the dead. Father, and we can't wait to meet up with you again in heaven right now for all eternity. Amen and amen. Our family, isn't it wonderful to know that there's a God that calls you by name? Amen. Family, I truly hope that you enjoyed today. I hope that you are blessed in this week, and I know that you will be blessed in this week. Please enjoy your week, and we will, uh, we will not see you on this coming Sunday. Unfortunately, um, the venue is booked. But we will make sure that all the information gets out to you. Please uh, just tell everyone and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday.